listening to the Thriving Nurse Podcast. I'm your host, Abby Sanchez, and this is episode 170. Let's get nurses and admin talking. Did you know your nursing dream job is out there? But it's not something you find. It's something you create. And I can show you how. I'm Abby Sanchez, and I'm a life coach for nurses. Using my experience at the bedside, along with my psychology degree, I help nurses build confidence, manage overwhelm, and fall in love or back in love with being a nurse. So come along with me and I'll help you create the career and life you crave. You ready? Let's go. Hey there, welcome back to the podcast. I've got an exciting day ahead of me today. I get to chat with you. And then after I record this episode, I'm getting on a meeting with some hospital administrators to plan for a training they've asked me to do in October, where I'm going to be teaching 350 nurse administrators, educators, managers about how to support their staff. And I am so excited for this. I think it's awesome that they're taking the initiative to do these trainings to help their team. And I thought you guys would appreciate hearing that. I know a lot of nurses feel like administration doesn't care, that nothing's being done, and I want you to know that that's not true, that there are facilities and administrators out there who really want to know how to support you, and they're searching for answers, and that is a beautiful thing. So that's what got me thinking about this podcast episode today, actually. As I was preparing for my meeting, I decided to ask you guys what you need. And so I jumped on my Instagram stories and I posed that question. I asked, you know, what do you feel like you need to feel supported in your role as a nurse? And I loved all the answers I got. It was really fun and interesting and insightful to read through those. And one theme that I found as I was reading through those answers was this desire for more communication. A lot of nurses said, we just want to feel heard. We want to feel understood. We want administrators to ask us what's going on for us and how to help us. And I thought that was awesome. I was like, yes, of course. That makes a lot of sense that that's what nurses want. Because if administrators and other people are trying to solve all these problems, they really need to hear from the source what the problems are, what those people need in that situation. Right? Like, I used to be a server at a restaurant, but I'm not a server anymore. But if I went into a restaurant, I might be able to see some problems that the servers there are facing and figure out how to help them. But really, if I want to be effective at that, the best thing to do would be to involve the servers, right? To talk to the servers and ask them what's going on for them. What do they struggle with every day? What is interrupting their workflow? What's causing problems for them. That's really where I'm going to get all the information I need to solve those problems, right? If if I was just trying to do it myself, like I said, I've been a server before. I might have some ideas. I might take some guesses and they might be educated guesses, but going directly to the source, that's the way to get the best information, right? And I feel like that's, that makes a lot of sense with nurse leadership, administrators, managers. I'm so grateful that they're trying to solve these problems. And many of them have been nurses before. But if they're not currently 
working as nurses. And even if you are a nurse, you don't know what everyone's experience is. So it really helps to have that communication, to ask around, what are the problems you're facing? How can we help you? What do you need? So I totally agree. That would be amazing. I wish every hospital, every administrator, every facility would have that on their radar and be like, we are going to go and ask our staff. We're going to involve our staff in finding the solutions. But here's the thing. What if they don't? What if they don't ask? Then are we stuck? Sometimes we think we are. We're just waiting. We're like, they need to come and ask us. They need to open the doors of communication. And that's how we're going to get solutions. But if we're waiting for them, then we're totally disempowered. Because unless they're sending out emails or surveys or coming around to ask us questions, then we're just waiting and nothing is getting done. Or at least we're not being part of the solution and offering our ideas. So here's the thing. I want to empower you today to stop waiting for them to ask you what you need. I want to empower you to open the doors of communication yourself. And so today what we're going to talk about are three reasons that, as I was thinking about what's keeping nurses from initiating that communication. So we're going to talk about three reasons that stop that communication from happening and nurses from taking that action. So hopefully by the end of this episode, you'll feel more empowered to do that. Okay. And I want you to know, I know many of you have tried before. I'm not saying that all nurses are just sitting and waiting, but what I do see a lot is that nurses try and then they feel like it didn't work. So they give up, they stop trying. So that's the the first reason I want to address with you today is first, we have to get rid of the belief that we can't make a difference, that we've already tried and there's no point in trying again. So if you have tried before and that's how you're feeling, you're kind of discouraged, you're like, it's not even worth the effort, nothing changed when I tried, or I know a lot of my coworkers have spoken up about things and it didn't seem to make a difference. If that's how you're feeling, I want you to know that if you want progress, if you want solutions, you have to be willing to let go of that belief. We have to be willing to be wrong about it. Because if you're telling yourself there's no point in speaking up or starting conversations, then guess what you do? You silence yourself. You stay quiet. You stop trying. And then for sure, what you have to share and the ideas you have and the problems you see, all of that is going to get missed. So we have to be willing to keep trying. Instead of that didn't work, it's that didn't work yet. I was thinking about when we treat patients with addiction. A lot of those patients, they've tried many times to quit. And if they were to think, well, I tried, I tried using a nicotine patch or nicotine gum or whatever, like I tried and it didn't work to quit smoking, then they just give up, right? But I remember hearing a statistic once that it takes on average nine times for someone to attempt to quit smoking for them to actually be successful with it. 
So what if someone tried seven times and they decided, well, it's not going to work. I've tried seven different things and it didn't work. Then they give up and they don't try those couple more times that would have been what made the difference. That's what would have gotten them to what worked for them so they could have a healthier life. And that's just an average, right? Like maybe for some people it takes 15 times. Maybe for some people it takes less, but we have to be willing to keep trying. So instead of that didn't work, it's that didn't work yet. That way didn't work. That attempt didn't work. Presenting it to that person didn't work yet. Right? Like maybe 10 nurses have made a suggestion to your manager and they haven't changed it. They haven't taken them up on that suggestion. But maybe it was the way the 11th person would have suggested it or said it to them or the idea they would have had or whatever was going on in the unit at that perfect time would have made the difference. And they would have made the change. But if we stop at number 10 because we're saying it didn't work, number 11 never gets the chance. And maybe it's not 11. Maybe it's 268. But are you willing to be one of those numbers? Are you willing to be one of the ones that worked toward the solution? Maybe you weren't the final one where all of a sudden they're like, yeah, that's a great idea. Let's do it. But maybe you were one of those little voices that added to all the other voices and made the difference. So if right now you've given up because you're like, it doesn't work. We tried. I want you to remember it just hasn't worked yet. That doesn't mean it's not going to. But if you silence yourself, it for sure isn't going to work. Okay? Now, the second thing that keeps us from having these conversations is I think sometimes we don't completely know what we want. Maybe we have some ideas, but often I think we're a lot more fixated on the problems, what's not working for us, than we are on the solutions. And if we're not clear on what solutions we even want, then it's hard to get them. If you go to the drive-thru and you just say, I'm really hungry, then the other person, the, the person working there might throw some stuff in a bag for you, but it might not be exactly what you want. We have to go to the drive-thru and say, I want two cheeseburgers. I want a medium fry. I want a Coke. Like we have to know exactly what we want and articulate that to the other person in order to get it. Sometimes as nurses, we kind of expect administrators to know what we want. We're like, they should know what the problems are. They should know what solutions we want. We've said it a million times, but maybe we've said it And maybe we haven't. Maybe we've just been saying, we're stressed out. We're exhausted. We're overwhelmed. There's not enough staff. Like we're saying, I'm hungry. We're telling them what all the problems are. But what if you got really clear in your mind on what solutions you wanted? Like all the specifics, as if you were going through a drive-thru ordering your favorite Starbucks drink. You need to know exactly what type of milk you want. You need to know exactly what type of syrups, how much sweetener, if you want it foamy, if you want whipped cream, like you got to tell them all the things. But first you have to know it yourself. 
So if you're not having those conversations yet and expressing what you want to your managers, I want you to ask yourself, do I really know what I want? If I had to say it out loud, I want you to try that. Like pause this episode and see if you can say it out loud. This is what I want. This is what would help me. This would make a huge difference for our unit. This is what I think would improve my workflow. Like, can you say those sentences out loud and articulate it to someone like you're going through a drive-thru? Okay, so we have to get clear for ourselves what we actually want so that we can tell our managers and administrators. Like I said, I think sometimes we expect that they just know, but they don't. It's kind of funny to me. A lot of times we say, you know, they're so out of touch with the bedside. You hear nurses say that sometimes, like they haven't worked at the bedside for so many years. So we think they're out of touch on the one hand, but then on the other hand, we're like, they should know the answers. They should know the solutions. Those things don't go together, right? Those totally contradict. If they're away from the bedside, it makes total sense. They don't know what we need. And the way for them to get that information is for us to tell them. So please get clear on that yourself so you can tell your managers and administrators and leaders. Because I bet a lot of them really do want to know. The third thing that's going to help you open up communication with administrators so you can make the changes that you really want at your facility that are going to make your life so much easier is we have to drop our judgment of them. Do you view your manager, administrators, directors, do you view any of them as the bad guys? That's how many nurses think about it. We're like, they are trying to make our lives harder is often the thought or like they're selfish or greedy or whatever judgments we have. We have to let those go in order to be unified with them in creating solutions. Like I want you to think of a Disney villain. Who's the Disney villain? Like in your favorite Disney show, I want you to imagine that that's how you're casting these administrators and you're trying to work with them to solve problems and create solutions. I loved The Lion King growing up. That was one of my favorites. And so if I imagined that my manager or my administrators were Scar from The Lion King, then even if I'm trying to be polite and I'm being cordial and I'm trying to be professional, there's going to be this underlying judgment against them as I'm trying to work with them. Right? Like we can pretend all we want, but that judgment comes with us. It comes into our interactions with them. So if we want to be able to really work together and find solutions, we have to stop pretending they're the villain. We have to stop casting them that way. You know the truth? They're actually good people. They're actually really amazing, kind, generous, caring people. And they're not perfect, right? Just like bedside nurses aren't perfect. They're also bedside nurses or all of us, all of us as humans at times are also driven by fear. Sometimes we're greedy. Sometimes we're selfish. Sometimes we're not knowledgeable about something. They have all of that too, right? But it's not to a higher level than us as bedside nurses. It's not that 
they are out to get us. Like we often have that perception or I often hear that perception from nurses. We have to realize that they're good people too. They're kind and they have fears. And sometimes they operate out of fear, just like we do. So when we can recognize that, when we can drop our judgments of them and realize just like they don't know what it's like to be a bedside nurse, I don't know what it's like to be a manager during a pandemic or an administrator during a pandemic. I don't know what it's like to be in their shoes. So I want them to understand what my life is like, what my workflow is like, what I'm experiencing. And I genuinely want to know what it's like to be them. What problems are they running into? What's keeping them from being able to implement the solutions that I might be suggesting? Like we want to understand all of that, not from a place of judgment or criticism, but from a place of openness. Like I know you're good. I know you care. And I also am confused about what's not working, why we can't try these things. Like I want to fully understand And if we drop the judgment, that's what's going to help facilitate those types of open conversations. Now, if it sounds like I'm being kind of direct with you in this podcast episode, I want you to know it's because I want to empower you. I want you to get the answers that you're looking for. I want you to find solutions. I want your job to be easier. And that's not going to come by waiting for administrators and managers to come and ask you. And it's not going to come by giving up. It's not going to come by keeping your ideas or your struggles a secret. So because I want you to get those things, because I want things to change, because I want you to feel empowered, I want to tell you the truth, which is that waiting for them to be different might mean you're waiting for a long time. Not because they don't have good intentions or because they don't care, but if they're not asking, if that's the pattern that they're not asking you what you need, they're probably going to continue that pattern. Let's just assume they're going to continue that pattern. So now you get to decide who do you want to be? What part do you want to play to facilitate change? Okay, so don't keep your ideas a secret. And if you start expressing what you really need and want, you just might get it. I think of it like Christmas time or my birthday. If there's something I really want, I don't keep it a secret. I tell my husband exactly what it is. I send him links or I even buy it myself sometimes, right? But I'm like, I'm not going to keep this a secret. I'm not going to hope that he just thinks of it on his own and gets it for me. I'm going to tell him over and over again, this is what I want. I actually did this. This is a very small thing. But when my husband and I first got married, one of the traditions in my family is we get a big bag of peanut butter M&Ms in our Christmas stocking every year. And I always loved that growing up. It was like my favorite treat that we would get in our stocking. I love peanut butter M&Ms. And so when my husband and I got married, I didn't tell him the first year. I kind of thought my mom would fill him in or something. I don't know. I didn't tell him that that was an important tradition. And so he didn't get it for me. And so I realized that that's not how things work, right? Like he wouldn't have just known to buy peanut butter M&Ms for my Christmas stocking. And so now every single year I tell him, make sure you get peanut butter M&Ms. And I usually go out and buy myself some as well. So if he forgets, I have a backup bag. And now he doesn't usually forget. So I get two bags of peanut butter M&Ms. It's beautiful. But my point is don't keep it a secret. If there's something you want, then go 
Talk about it. Go make requests. Go ask for it. And you just might get it. All right? So let's let go of this idea of a hierarchy that they're supposed to come to us, that that's what their role is. If they're not doing it, then you be the one. You be the one to open the doors of communication. And I promise you can make a difference. All right, well, that's what I've got for you today. Thank you for being here. And if you haven't yet gotten on the interest list for Relationship Revival, make sure you go do that now. So if you're loving those summer love bonus episodes of the podcast and you want to really focus on your relationship to see that transformation, then that's what we're going to do in Relationship Revival. So I'm going to be taking a deep dive with only 20 of you to help you overcome some of the most common challenges in relationships. We're going to be looking at feeling under-supported, feeling like your needs are out of balance, working through conflicts and communication issues, sexual intimacy. We're going to take a look at all of that, and it's going to be a huge transformation over the course of six weeks as we dive into this together and you get tons of personalized support from me. So if you're curious about Relationship Revival, make sure you get on the interest list and you'll be a Relationship Revival VIP. So what that means as a VIP member is you will get invited to the info party so I can give you all the details there about what Relationship Revival is and how I'm going to support you, and you will get a special discount. So only those of you on the interest list will get this special discount, and you'll also get first dibs to grab one of those 20 spots when I open up enrollment. Okay, so lots of good reasons to get on the interest list. Make sure you don't wait to do that because I'm going to be sending out invitations to the info party. So to get on the interest list, go to www.thrivingnurse.com forward slash revival interest. And make sure you type the W's into the URL, www.thrivingnurse.com forward slash revival interest. And I'm going to help you get unstuck in your relationships. I know a lot of times our relationships can feel pretty good, but there's always room for improvement. And sometimes we're not sure how to get that growth. So that's what I'm going to help you do. Okay, so go jump on the interest list for that. And thank you so much for being here today. Have a beautiful week. I'll talk to you later. Take care.